This is your emergency broadcast system. You are listening to the hashtag This with the Beer podcast. Business that you never heard before. Now, belt up and shut up. It's going to be a bumpy flipping ride. May God be with you all. Welcome, friends, once again to the show where we say what we want to say. This is another episode of the business podcast that is authentic, shameless, unapologetic, and raw. This is the hashtag biz with the beard podcast, business as you've never heard before. And I am your host, the bearded one, Kerfee Smith. But before we get this party started, I want to take the time now, like I always have before in the past, to give a huge shout out. And a sincere thank you to all of our tens and thousands of listeners that are out there and now viewers. I'm truly, truly appreciative of all you and your support that you've given to me and to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, which I know you're going to, because I'm really stoked about it, please subscribe on one of the many platforms such as Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever, whatever other platform you may listen to. And if you get something out of it, and I know you will, please give it five stars, a thumbs up, 100 likes, high fives, or whatever it is you need to do. And then remind all your friends and connections on social media to listen and subscribe as well. And if you haven't turned me off yet, and you were paying attention, I did just say viewers. And that means the hashtag biz with the beard podcast in its entirety is now on YouTube as well. So go to our YouTube channel, subscribe there as well. Give us a thumbs up, leave a comment and share it with your friends. Now, Let's get down to business. All right. I am totally stoked. And I've said that once, twice. I'm going to say it again. I mean, stoked for today's uh-huh. guest. He comes from just up the road in Nashville, Tennessee. And don't let that fool you because he is a very smart guy. Smart as hell, actually. Uh, <laughs> he went to Vermont Academy Prep School, has an MBA in finance from Cal State U in San Bernardino, and has a BS in engineering from the U.S. Military Academy in West Point. He has been <clears throat> featured on Yahoo Finance, Fox and Friends, Forbes, Fox Business, and Sirius XM. So what the heck is he doing here? He is a retired Army captain, helicopter pilot, and ranger. In 2017, he founded the iconic American brand that is truly American-made. And I say truly American-made, I mean it. The brand's called Authentically American. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am pleased to have on this show the CEO of Authentically American, Mr. Dean Wagner. Dean, welcome to the Hashtag Biz with the Beer podcast, sir. Well, Kerfee, I am fired up. I can tell already we're going to have some fun and oh, we have a lot of fun. one, as you call yourself. So I look forward to the next 30, 45 minutes or so and just being, like you said, authentic and all those other adjectives that I think are going to be fitting. Yeah. I, when I first uh, got the introduction to you and I didn't, you know, I, like I said, I told you, I knew your face from somewhere. Then I started doing the background <laughs> research and I'm like, Oh man, he's been on with Stuart Varney and Fox and Friends. I said, I've really got to step up my game. He's had some pretty uh, high level individuals that have interviewed him. So we're going to try and make this the most fun one you've had. So, but I don't know. Well, Fox and Friends is pretty looking cool. forward to it. Yeah. So, Dean, before every show, I give weekly a beard fact. All right. Uh, something kind of new, just because I'm a big proponent of beers and I know the military you know, makes you shave unless you're like, what, in special ops or something like that. I think you get away with it, right? Is that Yes, you get a waiver, but for the most part, it's clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so unfortunately, 
do you do you want do you know why it's clean shaven? Have you ever heard the story behind why it's clean shaven? No, I I mean I've heard different stories, but I want to hear your story in the background. <laughs> behind it sounds like it's, it's gonna gonna my story. Like I'm making it up. No, uh, actually, you know what caused the defeat of the beard in the military uh, was the invention of chemical warfare. So for soldiers oh, wow. on the ground, this is you know the death of the beard came along with the need for gas masks. So like from what I'm being told in the First World War. There was like this, you know, obviously that was the widespread use, the very first widespread use of chemical weapons and gas masks needed to be maintained uh, or they needed to maintain like a proper seal around the face or the skin to be very effective. And even not, even when I was told that that razors were issued in GI kits, is that still true today? Do they still issue razors in GI kits? As far as I know, Kirby, they don't issue razors, but the story you're telling absolutely makes sense because I've been in a gas chamber before and been gas, and you don't want even a small fraction of an inch to <laughs> have a leak because it is the most miserable yeah. experience getting gas. So that story absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So I guess that's what they said. They so they around World War One they started you know issuing these razors and men could shave actually on the bed of battlefield uh you know give them a clean shave so from there that point on the beard was uh, pretty much done after uh, from there now all the other uh future world wars um so yeah so that's the beard fact but i guess you kind of say uh the beards kind of got tanked right so that's right and uh, that was Kirk, a there was show. one no shave <laughs> november myself that i tried to how'd, how'd it go it was an embarrassing effort. So it was, <laughs> I mean, you've got a truly professional looking beard and one you can wear proudly even after a month of growing it out. It was embarrassing. So you will <laughs> not see me rocking the beard, but I do have envy of yours and how thick. Well, hey, hey, you've served this country, so you don't have to prove your manliness by wearing growing a beard. So, no, thank you very much, sir. You know, hey, you know what I call No Shave November, right? Well, it was raising funds. I know. Was there another good story behind that? Yeah, I call it an amateur month. So, no. <laughs> well, I fit that appropriately. So, I'm just messing with you, man. Hey, so Dean, I know you're a big supporter of the U.S. flag, right? And it's it's part of your brand. And um, I, I I I don't want to make this show political, but I do know you you you've got uh, an opinion about this. So I kind of wanted to ask. And you know, recently over the last, especially the last six years, to me, there's this awful movement of people saying they don't want the flag represented. Or, or, or what or they don't like what it represents. Um, you, you've seen the turning of the backs on it, you know, this year in the Olympics, you know, some kneeling, which hasn't done as much as they had in the past. You know, you, I see that it's part of your brand. It's in your background. Hey, it's on, it's in my background. I'm a proud American. Uh, my father and grandfathers all served. Tell me your thoughts on the flag and, and, and some of the, what are your thoughts about the flag and some of these movements? Well, Kirby, I, I will tell you the last two plus years, like you mentioned, even the last five or six years, I mean, I am heartbroken. I am so dismayed at the sentiments that are out there because if you think of the flag and you've got a picture there right behind you, to me, that is the ultimate symbol of unity. It pays homage to our history with the 13 stripes being attributed to our 13 original colonies. And then each and every star is represented to be representative of each and every state. So there's individually there, but that is collectively the embodiment of our great nation, the United States. And to me, that's the ultimate symbol of unity. And unfortunately, over the last few years, I mean, it has really become divisive. And my DNA is like yours, and it just breaks my heart to see that. Yeah, and I think, you know, to me, I think, listen, we're, we're an imperfect nation. I get it. 
And we've always been an imperfect nation. But the great thing about us is we do come together eventually and, and, we, we, and we improve and we evolve to do the right thing. And, and, um, and I, I believe we need something to unify us. And it's always been there to unify us from day one. And that's what it means to me. And what upsets me is that regardless how we all got here, if we can't put our differences aside and unite for just under three minutes, three minutes, that's it. If we can't unite for three minutes, when can we, right? And and that's that's what upsets me. I was like, come on. There's so many other things we could be talking about and trying to fix and come to the table. And why can't we come to the table under one flag that has united us from the beginning? Again, we're not perfect. I'm not, you know, blind no. to, to, you know, you know, some of our issues in the past and the issues we have today, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's what unifies us, you know, and it, it's that pride. I don't know. That, that's my thoughts. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, Kerfie, I am absolutely there with you. We are far from a perfect nation, but we are, in my mind, you know, the most amazing nation in the world, and it is a representative democracy. It's not a monarchy. It's not a dictatorship, and that just gives you know real significance to that democratic process we have, where we elect representative officials, and that's the beauty of this process is that we will never all unify behind each and every single idea, but that's why we elect right. representatives Absolutely. go and have that discussion. And I think, unfortunately, right now, we are too political as a nation. And if you curfew are part of one party and I'm part of another, that means, OK, we can't even be friends. We can't have a relationship. And it's so sad because our country was founded on that principle that, you know what, we all come together. Yeah. With different viewpoints, different backgrounds, different perspectives, we have a very professional, respectful discussion, make a decision, and then move on. Yeah. And then if you're not happy with the decision, you know, next election, you vote differently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's, not, let's, let's talk about you and your business. Right? So tell me about Authentically American <laughs> and why you started this company. Kerfie, the ultimate motivation for Authentically American is that insatiable desire I have to make a difference, to be able to create jobs and ultimately leave a legacy for my family. And Authentically American, we're a veteran-owned, American-made premium apparel brand. And since we're visual, Kerfie, I'll show you the business plan four years ago. Yeah. This was it. (laughs) It was a blank sheet of paper. That is awesome. We just celebrated our four-year birthday, and in one respect, I am just exhausted, Kirby, because when you start from a blank sheet of paper, nothing existed. So we didn't have our manufacturing network. We didn't have our branding. We didn't have our order management system. We didn't have everything that you need to build a business. So in one sense, I'm exhausted, but I will tell you, Kirby, I am even more energized because when you start with that blank sheet of paper, you can be so intentional about who you are and what you stand for and your values and your vision and being purposeful and pursuing that. And I feel remiss that I can't be here with my entire team because if you sat down to everyone, you would hear those same sentiments echoed that we're just excited to have an opportunity to create jobs, to make a difference and leave a legacy. And, you know, this is a startling statistic, just background on the apparel industry, Kirby. So when Mm -hmm. I graduated from West Point in 93, Okay. Over 50% of the apparel in the U.S. was made in the U.S. And today, Kerfee, today is less than three. Wow. I mean, three? that is all that's made here. Yeah. No, and you yeah. got the big brands out there like Nike. And we all know that's all made overseas. And 
Um, and that, and that's unfortunate, really unfortunate. Oh, and Kirby, I, that shocking statistic ultimately gave birth to our tagline. Where's yours made? Hey, Kirby, I love that. Be sure. Great looking hat. Where's yours made? Yeah. And I've, I've literally been in a meeting with somebody and it's been behind closed doors. They have pulled their shirt off. They were so interested in learning. And then when they see made in China. When yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to pull my hat off right now. <laughs> so we might have to talk about that. We might have to move our manufacturing to you guys and get our logo and all that stuff with you. So, uh, yeah. And Kirby, that that tagline, where's yours made? I mean, it does say, what are you wearing on your back? Yeah. I mean, because to me, what we're pursuing is something far bigger, something far more important than who we are as a brand and what you're buying. I mean, it's all about our belief and our ethos and that belief in the American worker. Right. And that's why, first and foremost, we lead with amazing American-made product. Because if you buy something curfew from us, if one of your listeners buys a T-shirt, buys a pair of socks, buys a hat, and they have a terrible product experience, they're not coming back. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it's made. So that's why, very intentionally, we lead with an amazing product experience. But then when you learn the story and the ethos behind our brand, you hear that it's all American made. That's when we really have an opportunity to capture people's hearts and you know be one of their favorite brands. Well, let me ask you this. So, you know, being a business consultant and here you are, you know, you're just celebrated your fourth anniversary is what you said, right? Yes. Okay, fantastic. And you start with this little piece of paper. How long was it in your head and who... Did you speak with about this little piece of paper when you said, hey, I want to do this? And it, I mean, just what, how did that come about? Was it the fact that you knew the way manufacturing was going as far as apparel and stuff like that in this country? Or was there anything significant that just kicked you in the butt and said, hey, this is what we're, we're doing? I got this idea. So the first part of the question, Kirby asked, who did you lean on? And one of my mantras, I've got a number of one of my mantras, it's not what you know. It's who you know. Right. And I have really invested in relationships over my career. And even more so, people have invested in me. So when I had this idea, I mean, there was a long, long list of people that I reached out to bet the idea with to go ahead and share my thoughts and perspective, incorporate their ideas. And a lot of those early people I reached out to now are in turn investors wow. who put their hard-earned money, put their you know dollars behind what we're doing. And the Second one is kind of that inspiration, what really went ahead and pushed us forward. So I entered the entrepreneurial world in 2012, bought a company that produced dress uniforms for the military. Right. And it was neat for me, Curfew, because the old dress army trousers that I used to wear was one of our contracts. <laughs> so really? like, this is very cool. And my thought, Curfew, was I want to win more contracts because if we win more contracts, my thinking was we'll create more jobs. But as I started to better think through and understand the process, we don't actually create jobs. We just outbid another supplier. Mm -hmm. And prior to the military, I spent time at Procter & Gamble working on brands like Crest and Tide. Spent time at Mars working on brands and like M&Ms and Curfew. That's when the wheels really started turning. And I thought, what if instead of being a government contractor, what if we built a brand? And what if we chose the road less traveled instead of what 97% of brands do and produce overseas because it's cheaper? Right. What if we made the intentional choice to produce right here in the U.S.? That's when we thought, think of the difference we could make. Think of the jobs we could create. And ultimately, if we're successful, 
and delivering on our vision to build this iconic American brand, think of the incredible legacy we could leave. So that's right. really where it all started. So, I, and here's something, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I wasn't going to go this go this direction, but you brought this up. Yeah. You had this idea and you, 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 you know, you, you said you made a big investment in who, you know, and your and your networking, you went to these people. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and we might, we'll get into this a little bit later in the conversation too, or who are thinking about starting a business, get very scared to take their idea to the people they know. And maybe that could be a couple of things. One, they surround themselves with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe you've invested and surround yourself with the right people. And I think that's, that, that's key on your confidence. But even in doing that, the fear of rejection from their peers stops them. How did you overcome that? And I'm sure you got rejected, correct? Many times over saying, hey, Dean, you know what? You can't compete. Bad idea. But you kept going. How do, how do, you, how do you overcome that? Well, there was. Am I right? Am I am I right in, in thinking that? Well, there there were two reasons for me. One, Kerfee, you hit it on the head there with rejection because I'm sure a lot of your listeners has probably watched a episode or two of Shark Tank. Yeah. And occasionally somebody will come on there and say, "Hey, I want to produce it in America," and you talk about rejection. They say you're crazy. What are you thinking about? Why would you ever want to pursue it when you can do something so much less expensive overseas? So I heard some of those stories, but there were enough of those stories, Curfew, that said, you know what, Dean? I, like you, have similar values. I'm a veteran. I'm a patriot. I believe in this country. I believe in creating American jobs. That gave me enough affirmation, enough excitement, enough exuberance that said, okay, it's time to go. And then the other piece that was really even more hesitant for me, Curfew, is a lot of the people that I know are some of the most busy. I mean, they yeah. have a successful career. They have a busy family and sheepishly. I'm like, hey, Kerfee, would you be willing to help me out? And I will tell you, Kerfee, I was blown away at the response because people are like, Dean, absolutely. I mean, you have helped me out. You've invested in me. I will invest whatever time I need to go ahead and do that. And they were honored. That's awesome. And I will tell you, for example, one specific example, there were you know, three of my friends who are CFOs. And starting from a blank sheet of paper, one of the things we did was a three-year pro forma financial mm-hmm. forecast. Yep. And I have my MBA in finance, but I am not a finance guy. So I needed help. <laughs> and these three were like, Dean, I would love to. And we were working on the valuation. If you think back to Shark Tank, how much is it worth? All this yeah. stuff. And I was asking, hey, guys, is this too high, too low? What do you think? And one of them said, Dean, you know, Going through this process and learning more about your brand, I think the evaluation is just about right. It's probably a little bit conservative. And here's why I say that, because here's your first check. I'm in. Wow. That's awesome. That's where I started. That, that is that awesome. Like, you know what? It really all came full circle right then at that moment. That is cool. Well, hey, so do any of the revenues go to like a special cause or anything like that? Or is it all, you know, profit for you guys or? Well, this gets back to a greater purpose than just building a business. So I'm a veteran. Yep. I've served with so many veterans that are just incredible men and women, curfew that raised their right hand, that committed to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So those seven years active duty, the men and women I served with was why we as a business made the intentional choice to donate 10% of our profits to veteran first responder charities. Wow. And, you know, that 10% was not accidental. My Christian faith is first and foremost in my life. So 10% was the right number. Yep. But then 
who it goes to was the intentional choice to veterans and first responders because men and women that preserve our country's defense that you know keep our community safe are the ones that I refer to as our American heroes. And that was a way curfew for us as a business, you know, to reinforce the importance of what we're doing each and every day. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because I know, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to be blunt about it. I'm going to be play devil's advocate right here, right? Okay. <laughs> me being blunt and playing devil's advocate, right? Whoever thought. Right. Um, <laughs> so what? Why, when someone tells you, why is it so important to buy American made? How do you answer that? How do you answer that? So to me, this first and foremost is about pride in our country. And I'll give you a background, Curfee. Our manufacturing network is a contract manufacturing spread across 12 states. Everyone loves our T-shirts. We produce those in Texas. We have incredible socks that are Carolina cotton, knit in Carolina. You know, the dress, you know, chambray shirt I'm wearing, we make that in California. And Curfee, I have visited all of our factories and we, of course, are in a digital age right now. You and I are, you know, on this Zoom recording. People are going to see it visually. It's amazing. But what I love, Curfee, is just the pride in the American worker. So I love visiting factories and people say I acknowledge that it's a technological society that we live in. But when I can produce something with my own hands and Curfee, know that someone like you is putting it on their back and. Yeah. It is their new favorite shirt and they love the way it feels. They love the design. I mean, to me, that is just the pride in the American worker. And that's to me, the backbone of our country. That's awesome. So when you say, and you just touched on this uh, and so I want, and I want our audience to know this, that when you say authentic, you mean 100% authentic, right? The buttons, the tags, the threads, all American made. You've been to all the factories. One, you know, concur that if that's true, but then two, how hard was it to find that and how did you accomplish this? Well, Curfee, it is incredibly difficult back to only 3%, right? You know, being made in the US. So it is very challenging. But, you know, the apparel industry is a massive $300 billion industry. So it's massive. So there's not a lot of people that do it, but there are some out there. And the whole business model, was to say, I want to find the best darn t-shirt maker in the country, provide them our specifications and have them produce for us. And that is the path we pursued. So whether it was t-shirts, finding the best darn t-shirt maker, we also wanted to find the best darn sock maker in the country and provide our specs because back to leading with an amazing product experience, when you wear our t-shirt for the first time, we want you to say, Dean, wow. Yeah. What an amazing shirt. I know I'm wearing it today, but I'm going to wash it because I want to wear it again tomorrow. <laughs> I want to keep wearing it. I want it's my favorite shirt. And, you know, Curfee, let me do this. If you don't mind, I'm going to yeah. grab one of our shirts because Absolutely. I was thinking it, it was only audio. I didn't know you'd switch to video. No, so it's me- video, man. Let's do, let's get on here. Let me do this because you can see this. Those that are going to be tuning on YouTube can Absolutely. see this. So I'm holding up one of my favorite shirts, being a West Point alum, this Go Army shirt. Go Army, yep. And Curfee, if you were here in person and you could feel this, you would be like, Dean, this has got to be one of the softest shirts that I've ever felt. And that is intentional. We want our shirts to be incredibly soft. And Curfee, here it is August. It's incredibly hot here in Nashville. It's 95 yes. degrees. It's probably the same there. In- same down here. <laughs> yep. 
And if you tried to feel the print on our shirts, you can hardly even feel it because really? very intentionally, you know, we use a soft hand water-based ink because on a hot summer day, if you think of a lot of the t-shirts in your closet that have a big logo, you know, on a hot summer's day, it will stick to your stick chest. To you. you wash it a few times, it will crack. And our goal is our shirts, the fabric, the print, everything are incredibly soft. That's awesome. This is our hero technology. This is our new sweat activated print innovation. So when you sweat, you know, this hidden message appears. So I'm holding up the Go Armor shirt. And if you know enough about West Point, it's all about Go Army. Be yeah. Navy. Yeah, be Navy, right? When you sweat, I'm spraying the shirt. Oh, man, that is cool. That is really cool. And then on the back, you can see our vintage U.S. flag. And I'm going to spray it a little bit more. That is awesome. I want one of those. <laughs> well, Kirby, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, I bet you, yeah. But so, Kirby, here's where I love to highlight this because, you know, we've been very intentional about American made, but again, it's all about product experience. And I've had people say, Dean, no offense. I don't care where it's made. It's incredibly soft. I can't even feel the print. And then, wow, that technology. That I've never totally seen cool. anything like it. But then Kirby, here's what happens. They look at the tag and see made in USA. And they think in their closet, there's nothing American made. That's when, you know, they go to our website, they go on the story and the ethos behind our brand. And then they fall in love with who we are and our story, but it all starts with product. And this is a great example. And you got your logo on the back, right? Yes. That vintage U.S. flag logo. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you do like a sports uniform and stuff like that? Or is it just. No, we, we have started to do some sports uniforms. So we've worked with some different schools, for example, and we will do their full player package. So they'll have a performance t-shirt. They'll have performance shorts. How cool we'll is that? Do a hoodie, we'll do a jacket. And then we've even done a few athletic jerseys. So I was a hockey player at West Point and okay. still playing a men's beer league now. And we've done a few teams, but every Sunday night I get to wear a hockey jersey for my men's beer league team. That is awesome. That is awesome. So what are the chances? Are you pushing to uh, get that uh, army football contract, right? To get the that'd be totally cool to see your logo on the football uniforms, right? Especially well, when they beat Kirby, Navy. I love that because <laughs> West Point right now is a Nike school. And no offense. <laughs> <I shouldn't> buy <laughs> <it down. laughs> this is nothing that's gonna happen next year, even five years from now, because we've got a lot of work to do and we've got a lot of investment to make. But 10 years. How cool would that be? Later, I mean, that dream, that vision for West Point, instead of being a Nike school, to be an authentically American school, because you think of all places, you know, the service academies, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, West Point. I mean, that is yeah. a institution that should be all about American made. Yeah. Well, even the colleges, universities are state institutions, right? Government institutions, oh, right? So why shouldn't they? Absolutely. So, so yeah, get Nike out. I fall asleep at night. That's what I dream about, Kirk. That's awesome. That's a good go dream. Big, go, go bigger, go home dreams. Yeah. So, hey, I want to bring some up because I was, I was watching you. because I know I've seen you on Fox News. You have NASCAR legend Daryl Waltrip as one of your founding investors, right? Yes. Yeah. First of all, how did you get Waltrip to be an investor? All right. And what advice can you give to other, especially young entrepreneurs out there trying to seek capital or other investors for their businesses and trying to align themselves with the right investor for their business or their ideas? So first of all, question your curfew on how did I get connected with Daryl yeah. Waltrip? So that goes back to that mantra of not what you know, it's who you know. And we had a mutual friend that heard I was looking for additional investors. And she said, Dean, I know just the perfect person. 
He's done well professionally, and he is a patriot at heart. And I think he would absolutely love your story. And we got introduced, and we were about 10 minutes into the discussion, Kirby. I showed him some of our product, and he said, Dean, I'm in. That was it. One, I mean, you have amazing product, and I think you're really hitting a sweet spot there that's not being covered. But, Dean, I just love your passion. I mean, you believe in this. And he knew my background with time in the military, Procter & Gamble, Mars. And he said, not only do I believe in your vision, but I believe in your vision to execute it. And, you know, way this played off, Kirfi, my very first national TV appearance was on Fox and Friends. Okay. And Kirfi, I know you have a massive following here. Fox and Friends, there's 2 million people. Yeah, two I don't have that. that two... <laughs> I think I I'm like, better. I think I'm better than those guys. But, you know, I wouldn't. <laughs> I absolutely agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I mean, truth be told, I was nervous. I'm like, oh, I bet. I'm like, two million people. I mean, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah. No, and you did I wonderful. Reached, I reached out to Daryl and asked him. I said, Daryl, I know you're busy. I know you got lots going on, but is there any way you could come with me to New York for September 12th? And he was like, Dean, absolutely. I got your back. I'm there with you. And if you've seen that one, Kirby, yep. it was extremely well received. And I will tell you, you ask for a recommendation. I will tell you passion because oh. I tell entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, somebody in their current business, you know, find what you love, yeah. find what you're passionate about. And then it won't feel like work. It will just feel like you're pursuing your life's passion. And that was the very first national TV appearance. We've now been curfew featured 15 times yeah. on national TV. And we've got a great story, but whether it's me or my entire team, I mean, we absolutely love what we do. We're passionate about it. And I will tell you, passion is contagious. Yeah. You can tell very quickly when someone believes in what they're doing. So if you're going to a friend, if you're going to a relative, if you're going to somebody you know, and you're asking to invest in your business and you're speaking very monotone and you don't get very excited, they're like, okay. Well, if he doesn't believe it, I'm certainly not. But if you get fired up, you're energized and really convey how much you believe in it. I mean, what do you think is going to happen, Kirby? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I absolutely agree with you there because I do some coaching and with, uh, you know, individuals who want to meet with investors and they want to do the pitch decks. And that's one of the things I always look for. And I tell them, I say, you have to connect with them. All the numbers and all that stuff. That's great. But if you don't have that connection, if they don't see that passion or that emotion, uh, connection between you and what you, you your idea or your business, it's not going to happen, it, no matter how good the numbers look. And, and you just proved right there, you know, Waltrip heard your passion and 10 minutes in, says, I'm in, right? Your CFO heard your passion, 10 minutes in, he's in, right? You, so, you got a curfew. Great advice. I mean, great professional advice. investors, I mean, if they look at 100 deals, you know, they may go ahead and invest in one or two of them. And all of them on paper look great. They've got numbers, they've got financial models and forecasts, everything that makes sense. But I will tell you, 99% of the time, what really sets themselves apart is that entrepreneur, Absolutely. that person behind him and not only them, but the team behind them. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have a great business idea, but really you're investing in people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk business. All right. Let's talk your business. However, you've been, you've been in, you know, in business now four years, how have yes. revenues gone for you since you started? Well, they have grown each and every year. And last year I get asked 2020, Dean, how was COVID? And I will tell you, Kirfi, I am so thankful. Number one, that we survived. 
Yeah. Because there are tens of thousands of small businesses out there that did not make it. Yeah. And we did not grow as nearly as fast as we would like curfew last year, but we still grew nearly 50%. <laughs> I think that's and, a pretty good margin, right? <laughs> we only grew by 50%. I'll take that. Well, we were pleased with that. We wanted to double <laughs> last year, but I will tell you last year, I mean, you think back to when COVID was first announced. I mean, there were threats of complete shutdowns, complete yeah. lockdowns. And I thought, uh-oh. I mean, we've got investors like Daryl Waltrip, but for the most part, we're a bootstrap startup. And I thought, what if all our factories are shut down? Yeah. What if, Kirfia, you want one of these shirts and you can't get it? We don't have a business. I mean, we don't have product. We don't have a business. And I will tell you, last year absolutely reinforced my belief in the American worker because every one of our factories were operating at some level of reduced capacity, whether it was 10% or all the way up to 50%. But they stepped up in a big, big way and continued to produce amazing American-made product. And now that we survived 2020, you know what? We are growing even faster this year. And I believe we'll more than double our business this year. That's awesome. As more and more people find about our product, find out about our story, I believe we'll double our business for the next five years or more. That's awesome. Well, what? You, uh, so wh- how did that happen then? I mean, you had reduced capacity, you still grew. So what do you attribute to your growth even, you know, during a global pandemic? So one you know, Curfew is amazing product. So when people experience it, they mm-hmm. tell others. But here was a pivot we made last year because we talked about donating 10% of our profits to veteran and first responder charities because we're passionate about giving back. The other way that we have an even broader and even bigger impact is when we partner with a charity or nonprofit, you know, we provide our goods and services at cost. Uh. So, Curfew, if you're, for example, an executive director for a charity, You, like a business, are buying T-shirts. You're buying polos. You're buying hats Mm -hmm. with your organization's logo. And we have always provided that idea where it's our product and services at cost, but we never really promoted it. We never really pushed it. And we were really smitten with a dose of perspective last year because as we're worrying about, are we going to survive? You know, we thought to charities out there because when it's the highest level of unemployment since the Great Depression, a lot of people aren't writing those donation checks. Right. So we said, yeah. well, let's reach out to charities, specifically veteran charities, and let's see what we can do to help them survive. And we didn't make any money on those programs, but what we did is we helped cover our costs. But more importantly, you know, we help charities help fund, you know, products. So for example, you know, we partnered with a lot of charities on this custom sweat tee. It would have their organization's logo and their unique inspirational message that would appear. And ultimately, Kirby, they would make $10 for every shirt sold. So there were, you know, tens of thousands of dollars last year that we were able to donate to charities. That's awesome. Go ahead and help them make a difference, help them keep their charity viable. And the secondary benefit for us, people saw us for the first time, like, I love this shirt. Right. Great marketing. So, I mean, last year it was all about survival. And now it's moving from survive to thrive. And as more people you know, hear about our brand, experience our product. What I love more than anything, Kirby, is those referrals. Yeah. When people call or text me, when we get an email, when people go to our customer service and say, hey, Kirby told me about that. Or, hey, I was on the Beard podcast and I heard about <laughs> it. I mean, those are the stories that I really love. Right. Yeah. Well, that, and then you use a, you use a term 
that I think was really key, the, the term pivot. I heard you say that. Yes. And I think that was the key for a lot of people's business models. And I've been saying this for years. I said, you know, hey, times are changing. You know, you have to start thinking about your business differently than you've ever thought about before. You know, word of mouth, you know, if you've never done digital marketing, if you've never done some of these other marketing efforts, or and it goes down the line with a lot of different things. If you If you don't have the mindset where you need to pivot because something might happen, you are going to fail. And I you know so many businesses that I've talked to before in the past. Oh, we've always done business this way for the past 40 years. And I said, well, <laughs> you can't keep doing it that way. You're going to have to pivot. Now nah, we're going to be fine. And then, boom, this global pandemic comes out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. And it forced people to either pivot or fail. And I had to pivot. Um, you know, it was like, you know, I had clients all of a sudden whose revenues I mean, they were, they ship stuff overseas. Well, I couldn't do that anymore. I mean, they oh, yeah. 75% just overnight. And it was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And what do we do? And how do we help? And exact same thing. I said, well, what do we do? Well, we know finances, we know lending extremely well. Why do we help people guide them through the process, become experts really quickly in these loan programs that are out there and help guide them with their bank bankers to make sure this stuff gets done right and they get the money they need. And that's what we did for several months. And uh, it, it really helped out and made me feel good. And, you know, we basically said, hey, we're going to take a small little percentage. Well, we get paid by the SBA if, 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 if you get approved. If right. you don't, we don't take anything. We're just going to donate our time because that's the right thing to do. And uh, but again, the word pivot, I think, was really key there. So awesome answer. Awesome answer. Yep. And curfew, that's something that is not you don't wait for a COVID like once in a century type experience. I mean, we're starting to build those systems and process now in place. So every quarter, every year we're evaluating saying, okay, what's working really well? Because we want to put the metal to put the gas pedal down and really, you know, push on things that are really working. But we also stop and say, okay, what's not working? You know, yeah. what do we really need to go ahead and fine tune, tweak, pivot to make sure that it works even better in the future. So it's not a once every few years exercise that's driven by external factors. This is something we build that discipline to make that assessment, you know, every quarter and really go deeper once yeah. a year. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. What specific targets do you frequently use to measure your success? Well, let me do this, Kirby. Let me, first of all, give a little better context in our business because there's really three unique segments yeah. for our business. So We've talked a lot about businesses and charities. So that's what we refer to as the client segment as our business. Okay. So you think of any business you've ever worked for, and I'm encouraging your listeners here. I mean, think back. Every business, every charity, every organization, for the most part, you know, buys T-shirts, buys polos, buys hats with mm -hmm. their organization's logo. And back to that 3% curfew. I mean, up until now, they really did not have a great partner, a great brand like Authentically American to make that decision. Right. They would go to Land's End. They would choose Nike, none of which is American made. So that's where we started. And then we continue to grow and expand and to use your term, you know, pivot from there. Because after that first Fox and Friends appearance, I had people call up to me, call up our customer service line and say, hey, how do I get the flag? And initially, Kirk, we were like, well, what are you talking about? And they would say, hey, I love it when my business partners with you, but I love your brand, love your logo, love your yeah. store. I just want to buy your brand. So that gave birth to our consumer brand. That's so awesome. we had client, we had consumer. And then you see the dress shirt, the chambray dress shirt I'm wearing. This has yep. the 
West Point logo. So that's our collegiate collection. So we have 12 schools now. We have West Point, Naval Academy, all the military schools. I'm in Nashville. We've got schools like Vanderbilt, Belmont, and MTSU. We now have Alabama curfew, and we just wow. added yesterday Auburn. Okay. So Fantastic. We want to keep expanding our collegiate collection because it's the same way. If you are a proud Alabama fan and you want a roll tide version of this, I mean, we want to be able to have that solution. So that's you know, totally we cool. Expanding our collegiate segment. So there's you know unique aspects of both. And we really start to look at that return customer number and what i love more than anything that's my favorite number when curfew you're a client of ours and you order you know 12 polos which yeah. is our minimum for embroidery or you order 100 t-shirts and then you know three months later six months later you come back and say dean my team has grown they absolutely love it give me 100 more right and to me that is the best measure of our business is that repeat customer that loyalty yeah that's awesome. Yeah. That reoccurring revenue stream, right? You gotta love that. I love that. Absolutely. So hopefully my Iowa Hawkeyes, I'm a big Hawkeye fan. Hopefully uh, they get on board. So I think there's some good things to do with the Hawks. <laughs> I'll share more how we do that later, but we want <laughs> Iowa in the future as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. a great Midwest school with Midwest values and would love to have them. Yeah. So let's, let, man, we're, oh gosh, we're already 45 minutes in this, believe it or not. And I, I know, right? We could probably go talking on for hours. I'll, de I'll definitely have to have you back. But the one, last thing I want to touch on before we end the show is, is your military education and service. How has that helped you become an entrepreneur and a CEO? And why should businesses look to hire military personnel? Kirfi, I am so thankful for my four years at West Point my seven years active duty. And that just gave me an incredible education and leadership. That also gave me an incredible education and discipline and hard work and value. So, I mean, there is so much there, but I will tell you one quick story. So yeah. after graduating West Point, went to flight school, learned how to fly helicopters. And That's I had right. a unique opportunity curfew to attend the Army Special Forces Ranger School. And curfew, I did not know it back then, but Ranger School was such great training for leading a startup. And I don't know how familiar you are, but a lot of your listeners may have very little familiarity with Ranger School. And at its core, you know, Ranger School is really a leadership course. There's a lot of military and doctrine and tactics, but what they do is they deprive you of everything that you think you need to survive, namely food and sleep, and then puts you in incredibly stressful situations. So curfew on day one, there were 340 of us. And if you go straight through and don't fail out during it, it's 72 days straight. And it's curfew during those 72 days, you live on one meal a day and you're living on two to three hours sleep a night. Oh, wow. And then they put you in incredibly stressful situations. And we started with 340 on day one after 72 days curfew. We lost 80% of our class and there were only 70 of us wow. on graduation day. And that's why I say such great landing training for leading a startup because all it was all about no sleep and incredible stress. And that's kind of the life I'm living right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Anybody who starts their own business, uh, thanks. Yeah, I want to start my own business and do my own hours, right? They're, they're insane. It's like, you know, I saw a meme the other day. It says, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, yeah, I want to, I want to you know, go from my, start my own business, get away from the nine to five. And they don't realize, yeah, now you're working from nine to 3 a.m., right? Every night. So it's way different than what people think. So 
much different. Kirk, the only other thing I would highlight, because this is an easy trap to fall in. I've talked about my Christian faith, my family, my wife and I will be married 27 years later this month. Congratulations. It's more, yeah, I guess it is congratulations because she survived me and I'm not always <laughs> to deal with, but we've got four amazing kids, Kirk. We've got two daughters, 23 and 20. We have a 17-year-old son and we have an 11-year-old son we adopted from Ethiopia. Fantastic. So family is incredibly <laughs> important to us. So it's all about faith, family, God, family, country. And I will tell you, to your point, I mean, it's 9 a.m. to 3 a.m., but I am so intentional. We never miss one of the kids' games. That's awesome. We never miss one of the kids' activities. And, you know, first and foremost, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And I need to be there for my family because if we deliver on our vision to build this iconic American brand and I leave my family during that, I mean, it's all for naught. Yeah. And that's probably one of the biggest lessons is even when you're pursuing your passion, you're working incredibly long hours. I mean, keep sight of what's most important and keep those priorities in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Wait, wait in this. That's fantastic. But I'm not going to I'm not going to let you up the hook just yet. Cause I don't know if you've listened to the show and I play a game and I don't know, maybe Rebecca warns you that he might ask you a couple of weird questions and we're, we're going to play uh -oh. that game, get to know Dean a little bit more personally. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you have to say the first answer that comes to your mind as fast as you can. And since you are very well trained in stressful situations, this should be a breeze uh -oh. for you. Right. So <laughs> are you ready to play? I'm losing it, Kirby. <laughs> I was like that bad, but, uh, <laughs> right. but some of the, not knowing some more of your background now, some of these questions I'm asking are going to really be interesting. Get some good answers. So are you ready uh -oh. to go? Let's do it. All right. What's the longest you ever went without a shower? I've gone 16 days wow. without a shower. Wow. Oh, so it was, it, I, that's what I was probably thinking. It was right then. Right. Yeah. So, man. So it was, you know, four phases. So 16 days in between each phase. So, that's cool. That's cool. Besides stupid questions from bearded uh, podcast hosts, what's your biggest pet peeve? My biggest <laughs> pet peeve is I'd have to think, you know, keep America beautiful. I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, pride in your environment, your surroundings. So one of the things I hate is driving along and seeing a car next to me, you know, throw the McDonald's back. Oh out. yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's... we've sponsored, been a part of, you know, clean up the highway. So that is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. What's your worst habit? <laughs> my, <laughs> my probably worst habit is I really struggle curfew to say no. Yeah. And, you know, I have friends back to that. You know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I struggle with saying no. And but if you reach out to me, curfew after this, we're connected and you need help. I'm going to find a way to prioritize that time. And sometimes that makes it difficult. Sometimes I've got to lean even more on that ranger school training, but you know, it's hard for me to say no when a friend reaches out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, bad habit though. I mean, I mean, it's bad for your own productivity, but you're a good guy. So that that's, you know, we're going to let that one slide. So this is a good one. What's your nickname? So Weggs. Weggs. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This Did you get that in the military college. or is that prior? Actually, this goes back to college hockey, playing Division One hockey at West Point. Well, that makes sense. Everybody had a nickname, and Wagner, that was too long, too hard to say. So, Weggs yeah. was an easier one. That's a good one. I like that one. What's your most unusual or worthless talent? <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
I, I can't really say I'm a music aficionado, but I love to sing curfew. And that is awesome. We broke into song right now. Everyone would end. That is awesome. I'm the same way. <laughs> Dude, I, I am. And I don't know if it's not a talent really for me because I wouldn't call it a talent because I'm not very talented because <laughs> it's singing, but I love to sing too. And I am like so embarrassing to my family. I, you know, you're going like the grocery stores, especially like Kroger. I don't know if they got those up there, but uh, they play the music and they always play great music, man. A, a song will come on. I will just bust out singing right in the middle of the grocery store. And my family <laughs> just ducks their heads and run the other way, but I just don't care. I like to sing. So, but that's me. Oh yeah. And I, my voice is not good, but it is loud. So that gets back to that talent. Like, We've got a deep set of lungs and we're loud and nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> Who's your role model? So my role model, you know, is really my dad. And this really came, you know, full circle to me just in April. So just a few months ago, curfew, my dad passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry and to hear that. it gave me time to reflect and really think of the invaluable lessons that he taught me. And he would struggle to sit on this for 45 minutes and be a podcast guest because he's not a big talker. But the important lesson he taught me taught me is seeing your actions are far more important than your words. Yeah. And that's what I think back all the times that he was always there by my side and he was a man of his word curfew. If you ever asked him to do something, he always did it. He made sure it was done. Yeah. Sounds like I lost my father just two years ago. Same thing. Um, I'm sorry. He was my role model, too. And uh, to watch him to go through what he went through and to pass away at a young age is really tough. Um, but I think what I learned more about him not was, you know, a lot of his even failures and things like that that people don't really look at. But he was a man of his word. He was an old farmer. Right. And th those guys, they're just they, they're, they're worth oh, yeah. solid as oak. Right. And that and that's what's important. So, yeah. Condolences to you, man, on that. Um, oh, thank you. What as seen on TV product have you bought or wanted to buy? I will <laughs> tell you, Kirby, this is a bad one because I have never bought an as seen on TV product. Is there anything out there that you're like, man, I really, that's really cool. I like that. Oh, I think it was the Chia Pet. It was the Shamu Shamway. So that, oh, that yeah, car. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because my dad would make sure we're not going through the car wash because he instilled that work ethic. Oh, and yeah. it was with a small little scrub brush to scrub the tires. And I remember seeing that like, that's what I need. This magic cloth that's <laughs> going to make this experience just work that much better. Yeah. Do you? And so let me ask you this, because you, you you like music, you like to sing, right? Do you dance when you when you're by yourself? That's another embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so those what, of us who can't dance love to dance the most, and that's it's embarrassing right. when people see me dance. <laughs> What's your walkout song? Like, what's the song? Like, if you were a boxer or a fighter or a baseball player, what would you, what would be your walkout song? So uh, one of my favorite movies growing up, Curfew was Rocky. Yeah. And I mentioned my 11 year old son, Askel, we adopted from Ethiopia. And he is like an 11 year old fitness fanatic. Awesome. And there's a park here in Nashville that has a steps and they're steep. They're all stone. They're big steps. And it is Rocky. Like if you think of that scene where he's running up the steps in Philadelphia and what did we play prior to running up those steps? Heck yeah. I the tiger man, right? You got it, brother. There you go. Awesome. Last question. I'm going to let you go. What's your favorite podcast? 
well, up until this, it was a different one, but I'm <laughs> curfew that we're now on 55 minutes. So I had an absolute blast. Love getting to know you. So that it's all awesome. about the beard. Thank you, man. Thank you. Dean, thank you for taking your time out of your business schedule and coming on the show today. And again, thank you for sharing with us your life, your experience, your knowledge, definitely. But most importantly, thank you for your service, man. It's been an extreme, extreme pleasure having you on the show. I had a blast. Is like you said, an authentic, real, just engaging session, Kirby. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it, man. Is there anything you want to bring up or plug before we end the show? I know you partner with a couple organizations like uh, Fold the Flag Foundation and Reboot Recovery Organization. I didn't bring that up. You want to plug that real quick? Yeah, that's where we donate our 10% of our profits to Folded Flag and Reboot. Both are amazing charities that work with veterans and first responders. But let me do this, Kirfi. I'm sure you've got you know show notes. So if anybody goes to our website and wants to try us out for the first time, whether it's get one of our sweat activated t-shirts or I've got, you know, our fun patriotic socks here. If you want to yeah, try yeah. any one of our products out, you know, at checkout, enter the code founder, F-O-U-N-D-E-R. And that will save you 25%. And that's a lot to give away curfew. But I found is- when you try our product the first time, you love it and you're going back again. That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much for that. Well, there you have it, friends, the patriotic and visionary CEO of Authentically American, Mr. Dean Wagner. Dean, thank you for coming on the show. Get your 100% American-made apparel at authenticallyamerican.us and make sure you enter the code FOUNDER to get 25% off. Again, thank you so much for that, Dean. I appreciate it, Kirby. Thank you so much. Yeah. I want to remind everyone to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and then leave a five-star review on the platform if you enjoyed today's show. As always, I'm grateful to all of our listeners who tune in from all over the world. And don't forget, you can pick up your award-winning beer products called Hashtag Biz, ACS and Wolfpack Gear, and other Biz with Beer merchandise on my website at acsexec.com. And there you have it. Another show is in the boot books, but never fear. The beard will always be here. And until next episode, same beard time, same beard channels. Thank you for listening to hashtag biz with the beard podcast. Remember every genius idea starts with the stroke of a beard. Have a successful day.
Hey, hashtag biz with beard and bald fans. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was brought to you by ACS Executives. Let me ask you something. As an entrepreneur or business owner, are you tired of struggling with running your business? Do you feel you can drive more revenue, improve your profits, and run more efficiently if you had a little help? Well, you are not alone, and there is a solution for you. Like many small businesses, as the owner, you wear a lot of hats. And why wouldn't you? You started this thing, so you're very careful and particular about it. Well, at ACX Executives, we do a deep dive into your business to help your business grow revenues, improve profits, acquire capital, and run more efficiently. We just don't point out problems. We help you resolve them through our family of companies and the solutions they provide. We share some of the best practices and processes and coach you and your team through them. Our suite of quality products and services will help you get there quickly and smoothly. That's how we ensure your success. So visit us at acsexec.com or call us at 1-800-495-6505 and schedule a free 30-minute consulting assessment. Have a successful day, and we hope you enjoy today's episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald.